Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Maureen, are you on your mic? Yeah. Oh, no, it's turned the wrong way. That's why. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Okay, are you guys ready to be inspired? Let's do it. I am ready. Hang on. Just trying to get myself together. I am ready and I am inspired. Right, three, two, one, go. <laughs> yeah, you sounded really inspired there, Jen. That was very convincing. <laughs> we had a countdown though. You gave us a countdown. We've never had that before. I thought what I'd do is I'd give us a little bit of a you know, like we're on the runway yeah. before the podcast takes off. So it was just, we were just sitting on the runway there and I was just adjusting my seatbelt and the headrest and making sure I've got enough leg room and also pulling out my knickers uh, out of my bum because that sometimes happens. And just trying to get myself in a situation where I feel like I'm ready to go. And guess what? I'm bloody ready to go now. Flight's taken off. Yep. You got your mints so your ears pop? Yeah, my ears are popping. I've got a slight headache coming, which I always find when the aircraft takes off. She's softened with alcohol. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm not drinking. I'm still not drinking. It's a whole new world to me. This whole vertigo thing has meant that I am unable to partake in any alcoholic beverages. And it's actually unbelievable how often I think about booze. <laughs> <laughs> Every day I think, oh, it's, a, it's another day I can't drink. That's a, that's a bit annoying. Isn't it weird? I, I If you'd asked me prior to this, Jen, do you think you've got some sort of dependency on alcohol? I'd have said... Yeah, just a mild one. Actually, think I may have an actual problem because every day I'm like, ugh, I really would like a drink, but I can't have one. But anyway, it's good for me, isn't it? It's been nearly a month, no booze. 
Wow. Excellent. I mean, it's not a big deal. Most people don't drink every day. Um, always look at me going, that's my life, Jen. That is not most people. Don't say that. You, as particularly in this country, that is not most people. <laughs> no, you're right. Most people have a very big uh, problem with alcohol in this country. Um, sure. <laughs> Our producer is nodding. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> yes. are you crazy? Yes. Why would you not drink? Why are we talking about this? <laughs> I remember being in America and I was speaking to a friend of a friend who was talking about the fact that she had to go to an AA meeting. That was something I felt like you could, you should probably keep to yourself because I'm British and I didn't, un <laughs> I didn't understand this, this level of oversharing. I was like, oof, uh, I didn't really need to know that. And then she was like, oh, I've got to go to this AA meeting because in case we didn't realize this is, she wanted to explain what that meant. I am an alcoholic. And I said, all oh, right, okay, good for you. And she said, I just got too much. And I was like, oh, really? I said, oh, gosh, okay, that sounds awful. She was like, yeah, I was just drinking every day. I was like, oh, yeah, well, that seems okay. She was like, yeah, I was like drinking like, oh, God, two, three, four drinks a night. I was like, oh, my God. I said, well, you just sound British to me. So, <laughs> I, I mean, there's not a single Brit in the country that would go, I have four drinks a night, and anyone would go, anything other than, yeah, of course you do. Yeah, absolutely. And my friend who had lived in the UK for years just sort of rolled her eyes was like, you're in LA now. And I was like, oh, this is what you do. This is what you people do. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't people obviously in the States who are AA because they have a really serious drink problem. But I think this woman didn't really. When I first came here, I, I would always try and do a joke. that <laughs> You guys don't use the term alcoholic. He's not an alcoholic. He just likes a drink. Like there's a big, he's just, he likes a drink. I think... Even people that are definitely alcoholics, we go, yeah, but Jeff likes drinking, you know? Jeff Jeff likes drinking, you know, John likes football. There's a thing about people go to the pub to get drunk, isn't it, in Britain? That is a that is an actual thing, isn't it? Maureen, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that goes back to a time when the pubs shut early. Yeah, it was a temporary measure during the First World War, wasn't it, I think? That was it, during the First World War, and so it meant that people were like, well, pubs shut at whatever time. I think it was it was earlier than 11 then. I think it was like 10. So if I'm going to get a few drinks in, if I want to get smashed, I'm going to have to really... You know, so that's where that binge drinking uh, culture comes from. And pubs were nicer than homes, so a lot of people would rather go to the pub where it was warm, they could get a a bowl of soup I don't know what was offered whatever was offered and then you'd uh... yeah their wives weren't there I mean I don't know about the soup thing <laughs> I, I added that in everyone I remember my granddad used to drink in this pub and women weren't allowed in where he was and so they used to send the kids I had to go I had to go and get my granddad because as a kid you could kind of knock on the door and ask ask for him but my obviously my, my grandmother couldn't go and get him that was very common yeah that's normal that's normal up until recently I can't remember who I was with. I, we went to a pub in Edinburgh. The comedian I was with, we said, oh, let's go for a pint. And there was some dirty old pub around the corner. We are like, oh, well, let's go in there. And my mate was like, I don't think we're, we should go in there. And I said, look, it's a pub. We have a pint. Let's go in. And we went in and we ordered. I said, I'll have two pints, please. He said, you can have a half. <laughs> this is like 2006. It's not that long ago. And I said, well, I'll have a pint, please. And he said, you can have a half. And I said, okay, could I have two halves and a pint glass? <laughs> and he wouldn't serve me. Can you believe it? <laughs> I bet you didn't say it in exactly that tone, though, did you, No, Jen? I said, well, I'll have two halves and a pint glass, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then weirdly, he didn't serve me. No, and weirdly, we were asked to leave. And all the men were looking at us like, I mean, to be honest, once I'd got in there, I was like, I don't want to be I here. I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. Half pint is probably best. Point of principle. I was like, I've got to stay to piss these men off. But the men in the pub were like, what is she doing in here? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not from around here. Can you tell? Okay, well, Jen, I want to know then this week, uh, how, how was your weekend without drinking? Yeah, so camping again. Look, I know what you're saying. <laughs> Well, first it was glamping. So long story short, I still don't feel very well. Okay, I've had to cancel a lot of work. Apologies to anyone who booked tickets to see my shows. I haven't been able to do them because I'm not very well. But Chloe had booked the kids to be away for like the whole week doing various different things. And I thought I've got I've got to spend at least one weekend with my children during half term. So I said, I'll do the glamping at the beginning of the thing and then I won't do all the other things. And I thought well, glamping, that's all right because the tent's already up and it's all quite reasonable and it's very nice. And it was fine, but it's something exhausting about being outside all the time. And then when you're inside, you're in a tent. I don't, it just doesn't feel like a holiday. The kids loved it because there was a fire in that they, they gave you this grill so you could cook everything on the fire. I mean, we all smelled just like we'd been down a chimney after about two hours. And then the novelty of having to cook everything on a fire, that died down after yeah, after about <laughs> half an hour, I was like, is it cooked yet? No, okay. But the kids had a great time, absolutely great time. And I was telling Maureen, it was in the most beautiful, beautiful place. It was like a forest, pine forest. And then there were bluebells everywhere. And then the, when the sun shone, I mean, it was just like the whole time, Chloe and I were like, are we even in this country? It didn't feel like we were in England. It felt like we were somewhere nice and um <laughs> so that was great but i am now feel broken again <laughs> and so uh chloe is away with the children she's gone to see her her folks and her family and that's wonderful and i am here and i am here and that's really nice as well <laughs> i'm alone guys i'm alone in the house there's nobody here there's just me oh that feels good have I earned it? I don't need to feel guilty, do I? No. no. Enjoy it. You've earned it. Take it. Take it. I'm taking it. It's a shame I can't get pissed, actually, but um, <laughs> that's the only thing that would make it better. I bought some nice food. I'm, gonna, mm. I'm just going to eat until I'm like, I don't know, three stone heavier. I mean, this is now therapy. This is no longer. <laughs> the podcast ended a while ago. My highlight of my week was me and Jen actually met up. She forgot to mention that, but we actually met up, didn't we, Jen? For the first time in month, first time this year, probably. Would have been first time this year. Was it the first time? It must be, yeah, first time oh, this year. I'm so jealous you guys are so close. Okay, tell me about your adventures together. You went, you, you went for something to eat. I chose the restaurant. Jen was a bit sceptical. It was a chicken place. Where I live. Which is what was it called, Maureen? Roosters. Okay, so Maureen said, I'm going to take you to Roosters. I was like, oh, God. Also, Roosters in Walthamstow. No disrespect, but there's a lot of places in Walthamstow. You go, oh, great food. And there's other places you go, oh, I don't fancy that. And I thought it was going to be the latter. And we went and the food was fine. And Maureen was so pleased with herself. She was like, oh, you thought it wasn't going to be nice. And look at us sitting in a booth in a cafe having a chicken sandwich. <laughs> You didn't think it was going to be great. And I was like, well, let's just put it into perspective. We're sitting on at a formica table on plastic seats. I like a formica table. Fine, Maureen, but let's not bill it as... <laughs> I mean, it was... The fact that the food was edible, great. Yes, it's very positive. There have been times when the food hasn't been. But, you know, it wasn't like, oh, we're going out. It was like we sat in a chicken shop and had chicken. I was in a nice little red evening dress with a little Demonte brooch at the front. 
and high heel shoes. Jen was wearing a slightly different outfit. I mean, I, I don't even know that this is news. Maureen said, we ought to talk about what you were wearing. And I was like, I was wearing trousers and a T-shirt with a jacket. <laughs> okay. And Maureen was like, I mean, could we look more different? I said, but Maureen, you've, this is because we haven't seen each other for a very long time. Whenever we go out, this is just how we look. You're always in a dress with a Diamante brooch and I'm always in trousers. That is how we look. I mean, at least this time, no one thought I was your son. That was the only... <laughs> Someone did ask what the relationship was, and I was tempted to go, son, but I, I held back on that in case they thought it was true. Somebody said, um, who's, who is that? And I was like, <laughs> I, I really want to say, oh, I'm her son. Um, but I didn't. Who asks that? That's so weird. Does it matter? We're two humans doing something together. Mind your own business. Isn't it possible that we're friends? <laughs> That's why I mean, Maureen looks so weird. Not weird, but looks so... I mean, she's in a chicken shop in a flipping ball gown or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's not weird, but it's kind of like a slightly eccentric <laughs> outfit to be wearing in, in, a, in a chicken shop in Walthamstow Market. Yeah, but it's a nice but... dress. Sure, sure, sure. It was, it was a really nice dress. Anyway, that's what our week has been. Alison, I know that there's news in Shay, Alison June Smith. Well, guys, we're going back to gazebo reconstruction. Ooh. We reconstructed the gazebo. We entertained outside, and it just feels good to be around human beings and people. It was really nice. We had a really nice time. Have you weighed it down this time? Oh, my God, so much. So uh, we <laughs> strapped it. We we bolted it to the fence. I also got some, like, weighted bags and stole stones from around my estate. Don't tell anyone, but nobody's noticed. It's perfect timing, isn't it, Alison? Because we've just... This second got some sunshine. It's going to be 27 tomorrow, I heard, in Manchester. Fuckety flip fucks. 27. How does everybody feel about the weather? I don't even know what to do with myself. I, this weather is so fucking batshit. A couple of weeks ago, we were in a windstorm. Then it was like we were freezing cold and we had to put the heating back on. And now we're like, Jesus Christ, I'm in shorts and a T-shirt. In the space of two weeks. What? I just remembered that I have summer clothes like tucked away somewhere, I was like, oh, you should go get your summer clothes now, Allison, because it's 27 degrees. You're going to miss it this week. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, be gone in two days. I've really, I'm really enjoying the vitamin D. And now your gazebo is up, Allison. Summer, well, summer can officially begin. Yeah. Let the shading start. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a, an absolutely wonderful week we've all had with our various different ailments and eccentricities and gazebos. Sure, there's a bit of eccentricity that we've had in this section, but it's not enough, frankly. And that's why it's time to head over to Maureen Younger to find out what her next bit be my money moment is. I'm going to close my internet. Don't close my internet, Maureen. <laughs> I meant my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. I haven't put any makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out a bit, okay? <laughs> so where I live, there's like two stations. They're quite near each other. So it's come out one station and there's a barrier across the road. And this car was going at a right speed Obviously, didn't realize there was a barrier across the road, kind of did an emergency stop. And three guys got out the car and they left the doors open in the middle, and they left the car in the middle of the road and they just zoomed off. So I thought, oh, they must be going to the next station to get a train that must be coming soon. Because why, why else would you stop like that and leave in a hurry? And I carried on walking and then I bumped into the police who then said, have you spotted three men? And then I was like, oh, that's why they were running out the car. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, dear God. Let's unpack that for just two seconds, everyone. Let's really take a moment. Okay, so three men in a car. 
Mm. Emergency stop in front of you. They rush out. They don't close the doors of the car. No. They they and they run off. They run off. You're by a station, but they don't run to that particular station, do they? No, they run to the. Ne- I thought they were running to the next station. So Maureen thinks, okay, they need to catch a train. These men are in a hurry, um, but they don't want to catch a train at this stop. They want to run to the next stop to pick up the train because that's what you do, don't you? When you're in a hurry to catch a train, you stop your car in front of the train station and think, I know what I'll do. I'll go for a, I'll go for a run and see if I can catch the train at the next stop. No, this is two different lines. So it's not the next stop, it's a different line. Oh my God, well that almost that almost makes sense. But why wouldn't you just drive to that fucking train station? I thought that because the barrier was there, they couldn't get round, so they just thought it'd be quicker to run. Where though? Where are they running? To the other station. Do you mean the other platform or another station? No, another station, completely other station. Even so, why are their doors open? Yeah, I did think that. I thought because they were in a hurry, so they didn't shut the doors. I mean, after I mean, afterwards, I realised it was a bit of a stupid conclusion to come to. Hindsight's twenty twenty, exactly, Maury. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, if the police hadn't stopped me, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought it was anything out of the ordinary. She'd, she'd still be wondering if those boys made that train. <laughs> yeah, those three guys that went to catch the train at the other station. I hope they got it. <laughs> Honestly, when the police stopped me, I was like, oh, that makes much more sense. What did you say to the police? I said, well, I didn't tell them I thought they were going for the train because they would have thought I was an idiot. So I just went, oh, yeah, they went that way, towards the train station. Towards the train station, in case you're interested. (laughs) Look, there's no reason for me to try to make sense of this part of the show. And that's why it's called Be More Maureen. It's pointless. Um, Maureen, that is another classic. Um, Alison, I don't know. Do you have anything to... to... Nope. (laughs) Nope. I don't question or try to pick it apart, Jen. What I have learned is to just accept and go with. It's easier that way. This is the problem with me is that I, I I fight it every week. I try to find a logic. I try to find. I try to make sense of it. And actually, what I should do is 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 find the path of least resistance, which is the what you're doing, Alison, and, and that is acceptance. <laughs> and that is the final stage, isn't it? I'm still in the angry stage. Where I'm like, I'm not accepting this. We'll see if I ever get to the next stage. But certainly at the moment, I'm still in the what the flickety fuck are you talking about, Maureen? But thank you, Maureen Younger. Once again, a classic in the bag. I think we should head over to Alison June Smith, who I know has got a problem up her sleeve. So it's time. Alison. Go to the gym. Get it together. Pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. I ain't using it. Okay, so this one. Now, before I say what the problem is, I just want us all to take a minute, okay, because we're going to be fueled with our own personal opinions on this. But let's keep in mind, a person has written in, they have a problem. I'm not here to judge. What I am here to do is to assist the person who has sent in a problem. So here we go. How do I tell my partner I've had an affair? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So already, I know, I know. That's why I'm like, we got to give it a second. So uh, before I even get started, all I want to say right out of the gate is uh, this has happened. Practical wise, I please hope you have tested yourself 
Okay? That's my number one. Physically, be concerned with yourself and also your partner. Okay? We're not even going to talk about the emotion or what you've done or how it's going to affect your life, but uh, let's just make sure there's no diseases kicking around. Number one, that's my first. Okay? So no emotions aside, let's just talk diseases in the midst of a pandemic. Let's go back to the old-fashioned STIs. Remember, everyone? Remember those? Weren't those fun? Okay. So no STIs. A few questions I think that you should think of before you get into the conversation with the person. So again, I'm coming at this from your aspect. I want you to really think about these things before you just drop it on somebody. So question number one, is it over? Okay, is it over? Are you done? Have you moved on? Is this still happening? Right? We, you need to acknowledge that. Is this a, was it a one-timer thing? Is this going to continue on? Okay, I'm not saying it makes it better or worse, but for yourself, is this over? What did you want out of this? Because sure, all right, you want to you get your rocks off, you want to have a good time, maybe, you know, but, but if you really get to the heart of what it is that you wanted, you can kind of figure out <laughs> how or why this happened. So what did you want out of this experience? If it was something negative and you were being um, guided by, let's say, some resentment or some revenge, or you just at the heart of it know you're done with this relationship, I think you just need to grow up and end it with the person. All right? That's as non-emotional as I can get. I think if, if any of this is out of negativity towards that person, if, if this is like a just grow up and end it with that person is what you need to do right away. But by analyzing this, you may also recognize that there was something else behind it. Is there a need for attention? Uh, was this just an experimentation? Are you sexually wanting to learn more stuff? Are you trying to prove something to yourself? Do you, are you looking for affirmation? Are you trying to prove something to somebody else? What is the honest-to-God motivation behind what happened? Really think about that. What did you learn from your cheating? Did you learn some fancy new sex moves? Did you learn that you want to move on? Did you learn that you realize this is a huge mistake? You need to think about what it is you are now learning from this experience. Having the time to take this reflection gives you more of an understanding to help you into the next stage, which is... Take accountability. You did this. So this is the biggest thing. I need. You need to take accountability. You cannot be thinking things like, well, just that they don't give me enough. No, 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 no. Now is we're really going to make you own up. You did this. Take accountability. Go into the conversation. It is nobody else's fault than your own, right? That's how I think you need to kind of go into this. Nobody else is to blame. You did it. You were the person who stepped into it. But if you can take accountability and understand, you can then say perhaps why it is you did this, what you have learned, what you will do to repair this, um, rather than just going into this conversation willy-nilly. I think all of these thoughts will give you a better idea of what you're going into when you have this conversation with a person. For the actual talk... I mean, I can't help you that much. You're, you're about to have a pretty intense conversation. Real quick things I can tell you to do. Let them know you have something you need to tell them and set some time and a safe place aside so you're not going to be interrupted because this is just not going to be a quick conversation. So you need to let that person have the time and uh, be honest. Okay, don't try to cover up anything. This is where the accountability comes in. Use the words, I had an affair. Please don't say things like, I thought I had emotion, I thought I had feelings for someone else, or I had sex with someone else. I think affair is, it says what it is. Offer the explanation of why you did what you did. Again, remember, you did this, it's your fault. Do not blame them. Answer all questions that they have about this, truthfully, honestly, but 
not too um, in-depth. You let them ask the questions and you give information as they are ready because they need time to process and just constantly be thinking of only their needs from this point forward when you go into these conversations. But what would you tell them, Alison? Why would you, I mean, what's the point of telling somebody you're having a, you've had an affair? Well, I think people who maybe it's either guilt or I think there are people who truly then went, oh my God, this is a mistake. And so I think if someone's going to own up and want to have this conversation with a person, either they're like, narcissistic and they're just selfish or whatever or they're like I really messed up and you know that that's the only reason I could think you want to tell someone I think it might be to solve your own conscience definitely yeah but I don't think it does the other person probably doesn't do the other person any good it just makes them feel like shit I mean it's I don't understand the whole point of telling anyone that you've had an affair well if you're going to stay in a relationship if you want to stay in that relationship I feel like you have to come clean you can't live in a lie uh if you I cheated on this person and you actually don't really want the relate just leave them if you can't tell them and just leave them just leave the person that's what i think that's where i'm at yeah okay yeah i agree i mean i had a friend who was cheating with a married man and then she, she wife found out and she wrote the wife a letter and i was like do not send the letter whatever you do do not the wife doesn't want to hear your reasons doesn't want to hear that it was spe- she doesn't want to hear anything she wouldn't do it she posted that letter Needless to say, the wife was livid. It didn't help things. It's like, no, the wife doesn't want to hear what the mistress, doesn't want to hear that it was special or it was, you know, or it was a really, it was a very difficult conversation for me to have. I just think if someone wants to talk to someone about it, it means that they don't want to leave this thing. I don't know necessarily whether they've got this idea of why they did it. It was there, it was available, and they just went for it, or they were pissed or... I don't know whether people have all those. I mean, it's an affair. It's not a one-night stand, is it? I mean, you're, that's what you're talking about. But it could be. It could be. An affair could be a one-night stand. Well, then you would specify a one-night stand because an affair is something that I, I, I understand to mean something that has gone on for a certain amount of time because it's an actual affair with someone. So there's a certain amount of time where you've been lying to your partner over an extended period of time. And I think that's why affairs are very difficult to forgive because you've been living alongside someone for all this time and all this time that person has been lying to your face mm-hmm. whilst being intimate with someone else. And maybe gaslighting you in the process, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You're being gaslit because you're like, you know something's not quite right. And and then they're like, I know, what are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. You're paranoid. I love you. I, I haven't been sleeping with my secretary for three and a half years. Four years if you count Christmas. Okay, but by coming clean then, if that person actually gets the balls or the the labia to speak up, then that person who's been gaslit for a long time can then be like, ah, clarity. It was true. Whereas instead, maybe you're just walking. I don't know. I'm just saying if you don't care about the relationship, if you're willing, if you can't do these things face to face to a person, then be done. Walk away from the relationship. But if you look at things and you're like, I made a true mistake. I mean then it's up to that other partner and you better be willing to do and and really work on whatever it was that I don't know therapy I mean definitely therapy if you you look couples if you're gonna work past this which hey there are people who have therapy like please talk to somebody who can help you through it don't think that I think you can do it on your own I'm stumbling over words and I spent all day reading about it oh my god guys there's so much out there it's so that's why I was like I'm trying not to go at this with judgment because People get in situations for all sorts of reasons. So I mean, like, how do I tell my partner that I've been having an affair? Well, I mean, <laughs> how do I tell my partner I've shat in their soup? Well, they'll taste it. Alison, I think you came at it from a very 
a sort of objective and dispassionate uh, perspective, which I think is important when you're giving advice. Um, obviously, I am not certainly not judging anyone, but I'm just wondering about the motivation. I just find the motivation. I need to know the motivation. That's all I'm saying. And you know, whoever you are who wrote in the question, now you've heard and seen a lot of reactions. So I wish you the best of luck and I hope you learn something. That's a wrap. <laughs> Alison, that was great. Thank you so much for that one. That was a tricky one. Uh, please send us easier ones in the future. <laughs> someone, my cat won't eat this food. I will. I love researching cat food. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're much better with cats and dog situations. But if you have a problem and no one else can help, maybe you can call the A-team. That is Alison. Uh, please email Alison at womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com and you can put Ask Alison in the subject and she will answer all of your problems. You're welcome. <laughs> is the show called oh yeah i've got it women talking bollocks yeah okay is everyone happy with that <laughs> ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Now we're going to talk about some TV. We're going to lighten things up a little bit. Yeah, well, actually, we'd lighten up and talk a bit about affairs. I watched the reunion, Friends reunion. Did you two watch it? No. God, why would I watch that? I, I enjoyed it. And also the big gossip was that David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston used to fancy each other in the first couple oh, of seasons. Please. But decided that they wouldn't get involved. But, um, oh. This isn't gossip, is it? It was gossip. Nobody knew about that until they just said it in the reunion. I think we could all guess. I'm sure they all fancied each other at some point. They all publicly came out to say, we will not be sleeping with each other, which you would only say if you fancied one another. Never. We're not going to be making an announcement on WTB going, just so you know, none of us will be sleeping together. Because I thought, I thought this was <laughs> part of a ploy. Yeah, but, do you know what I mean? You only would say that if there was some sort of sexual frisson going on there. Maureen, if you were still hoping for sex at this point between you and Jen, I'd be like, look, yeah, it's I think time to vote. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a fashion thing that she didn't really need. There was a fashion thing. But um, I, I liked it. Uh, Paul Rudd wasn't there. They should have got Paul Rudd back. 
But it was kind of nice seeing, you know, these six people who clearly get on really well, you know, meet up. And, and actually, I th something we could appreciate as comics, um, the guy who plays Chandler, what's his name? Matthew Perry. Who did? Who used to write a lot of the lines? Apparently, when they didn't get laughs, he would add. He would add lines, and he said whenever he did a joke and it didn't get a laugh, it just really destroyed him inside. And I was like, "There's a comedian for you, isn't it?" It was that was kind of, and he's clearly had a few issues, health issues, and that you felt sorry for him in that way. That you know he'd, he'd been so, it really he would really take it to heart if something he said didn't nobody laughed at it. I mean. You know, there's things that I'd probably put a little bit more energy into caring about, but whether Matthew Perry, 30 years ago, didn't get a laugh for a joke that he got paid a million pounds for. But the idea that I think comics do get, that when you don't, you know, when you don't get a laugh at your material, it does play on your mind. It does, doesn't it? At, at, at it does when you're getting paid 200 quid, Maureen. But if I'm getting paid a million quid, I'd just let it slide. <laughs> I'm like, guess that joke didn't work. Guess that joke didn't work. <laughs> that joke didn't work. <laughs> I don't know. I think if you're getting paid a million quid, there's a lot more pressure. I mean, there is a lot of pressure and I am being, uh, I am being facetious. I very much enjoyed Friends when it came out and I know you're not supposed to admit that because everyone's like, I can't believe you like Friends. But I loved it. And I know that a lot of the themes and a lot of the subjects and a lot of the jokes are now completely dead and not politically correct and yada 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 but it was of its time in the 90s it, it, it's just it, it's hard to explain to gen z's it was just a different time and we you know it, it's a bit like when you look back at the 70s you're like how the fuck were we just hanging around with pedophiles for all our lives we just were and and now <laughs> then in the 90s we went maybe i shouldn't let my kid play with that pedo but at the time it just felt normal and the same with the 90s there were lots of jokes and things that we laughed at that now we'd go well that's that doesn't seem particularly right i loved friends I didn't watch the reunion. I'll tell you why, Maureen, because it's on a uh, line, so I can literally dip into it whenever I like. I didn't feel any urgency. But saying that, I did for the final episode of Mayor of Easttown. Are you okay? Are you all right? Ooh. I have gone into shock and grief that that series is over. Do you think that'd be another series? No, it's a limited series. So oh. it's not, it's a one off. And I'm very, very distraught and bereft that that series is over. But I can tell you that it ends very well indeed. It does not dip. I didn't feel like it dipped. Leanne's got a face that's saying, you haven't seen it. I'm not going to give you any spoilers. Leanne's going. So that's what her face was. <laughs> Don't tell me what happened. Brista, shuttensy fuckensy uppensy. Okay. A little bit of German there for you, Maureen. Look, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm just going to say it ends where it ends strong in terms of the story, in terms of the narrative. Sometimes you watch the shows and you're like, I love it, I love it, I love it. And they get to the last episode and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, really? Line of duty. Yeah, line of duty. We're like, oh, God, really? It, it's great. And um, I just thought the direction was fantastic and the acting was fantastic. Not just Kate Winslet, but so many of the actors in there, Jean Smart and the young guy that uh, plays her sidekick. Uh, he was fantastic in it and her best friend is fantastic in it. Look, the acting is, is just out of the is out of this world the thing that i found annoying is since the final episode has gone out there's a lot of uh editorial that seems to exclusively focus on kate winslet's weight her face and her skin oh shut up thank you maureen oh shut up if that's your takeaway from that show that you're watching that show and the thing that you focused on is where is, is kate winslet's weight Take yourself outside, kick yourself in the face because there's literally no point to you being around and certainly no point to you. Your, your journalism isn't required. We don't need to hear from you. 
Focus on the television show and the acting. And do you know what? Kate Winslet, I don't care if she's a size 14 or a size 10. She's gorgeous. Also, she was playing a cop. She wasn't playing a supermodel, was she? She's playing a woman in her 40s. We all start to look. We don't. We all get crow's feet and like things start to drip and we're... Ugh, actually, things stop dripping and... Oh, you know, you're rolling your tits into your bra. Look, it's it's normal. Yeah, if I just make a comment, you know, Jen, I don't know why you're so worked up. Because obviously, obviously, you know, all the reporters, too, are obviously right now talking about all the weight of the men and how their skin was as well, right? I mean, this, so it's really fair and equal, everyone. So Yeah, sure. I don't know why you're so worked mm. up, Jen. I don't know why you're so worked up. I must be on the blob, Allison. You are. That's exactly it. You and your rag and anger. Okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we've I think we've established how we feel about that. Okay, so um, horror movie <gasps> taking you back a bit. Uh, it's a classic. It's one that even maybe Maureen you've run into on TV. Yep, uh, I'm going to recommend What Lies Beneath. Oh yeah, starring. It's got Harrison Ford in it, hasn't it? Yes, it does. See. Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer. I like, I haven't seen it, but I do like Harrison Ford. Now, yes, it's ghosty, ghosty. Essentially, what happens is there's infidelity in the marriage, and um, Michelle Pfeiffer starts to see some things. I won't go into it, but I'm just saying, let's all hope that if we're cheated on, a ghost jumps into our lives and gives us a heads up. It's a great movie. I probably ruined it by saying all that, but you'll still enjoy it very much, everyone. I mean, it feels like it's not a 90s movie. It's from the noughties. It's from the year 2000, but it has that 90s vibe to it, doesn't it? When you watch it, you're like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's got Michelle Viber in it, you know? It's cool rider forever. It's good. It stands the test of times. And it's not one of these scary, scary or weird ones that I try to push you into. I think it's a pretty major motion production. Well, I mean, they're two big, well, they were two big stars at the time, weren't they? In my eyes, they're both still massive stars now, aren't they? Michelle Pfeiffer and completely Harrison Ford are, are still huge. I don't know. I mean, we're, I'm sure there'll be young people that are like, oh, I've never heard of them. But um we have, haven't we? So that's all that matters. I think Michelle Pfeiffer stands the test of time, doesn't she? I know Harrison Fortune, but Michelle Pfeiffer, she's been in some movies that the kids would know. Yeah, she hasn't worked too much in the last couple of years, but she has worked, doesn't she? She's living her life, isn't she? She's living her bloody life. Name your favourite Michelle Pfeiffer movie. Go. Oh, right. Well, it's not the best one, but Tequila Sunrise. Oh, that's with Mel Gibson, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It was very confusing for me watching that. Everyone was going, oh, Mel Gibson. And I was watching it going, oh, Michelle Pfeiffer. And I thought, that's not that's not normal, is it? Oh, Maureen? I like the one with George Clooney. Is it the One Fine Day or something? Oh, yeah. That's a sweet one. Well, they're yeah, both... One Fine Day, very romantic. Yeah. And George... yeah. Well, it's got George Clooney in it. Uh, mine is Grease 2. Oh, yeah. Another horror movie. Mar- Maureen, how dare you? I saw Grease 2 before Grease 1, and I'll say this. There are some banging hits on that soundtrack. Uh, I'm standing behind. I know people that prefer Grease 2 to Grease 1. I know people that are like, sorry, Grease 2 is infinitely better. Some people vote Tory. I mean, there's no counting for taste. (laughs) How dare you equate? (laughs) It's not the same. It doesn't have a gay man as a lead, so that's probably, that's dropped it at least five points. Who's in it? Michelle Pfeiffer? Maxwell Caulfield. Maureen knows a lot about films she's not particularly keen on. No, but I do know a lot about film, that's why. (laughs) And now it's going to be Maureen's Cultural Corner. Uh I haven't started it, Maureen. Hello. I'm going to start that again. (laughs) Bam, 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 Maureen. 
I want to go to a corner. I want to go to a corner and I want it to be cultured. Well, we're going to a cultural corner. It's about Highland Adventures, like the Jacobite uprising in, in literature. And I said this and Jen, Jen looks pained as well. She looks pained right now. Because <laughs> no, because I went, what's the Jacobite? And Jen was like, don't, don't, don't. I thought it was a monster. I've just heard it so many times. Very briefly, Alison, James II got right. kicked off the British throne because he was Catholic. Um, and then there was various uprisings to try and get him and his descendants back on the throne. They were called Jacobites because Jacobus James. And um, it was mainly, his main support came from Scotland, the clans in Scotland. And after 1745, well, 1746, uh, the British decimated the clan system to make sure it never, ever happened again. And so it's very big in Scottish history, not really told in England because basically... The, they weren't. They basically it was ethnic cleansing, really, in a, in a sense. Um, but it's it's it, it, it appears a lot in literature. Outlander, obviously, is a big one, which is, you know, massive, massive hits. But if you're not into, out, if you want to read something different from Outlander, uh, there's there's some other options. And this is one of my favourite set of books as trilogy. And I loved it as a kid. Read it thirty years later, still love it. Um, in fact, when I get to the end of the third book, I just wish there was a fourth one. And there are three books: The Flight of the Heron and um, the Cornerstone of the Novel is the unlikely friendship between Hugh and Cameron and an English officer called Keith Wyndham. And Hugh and Cameron was my first literary crush. I was determined to marry a guy called Hugh and Cameron um, when I was young. And the second book is called The Gleam in the North, and it's like an adventure story. And it's, it features Do Dr. Archibald Cameron, who was like a real historical figure. And he's back in Scotland. He's a Jacobite. He's, a, he's considered a traitor, so if he gets caught, he'll get killed. And it's all about treachery among the Jacobite ranks. And the third one is The Dark Mile. And it's about Hugh and Cameron's cousin, Ian Stewart, who has a, falls in love with Olivia Campbell. And for those of you who aren't Scottish, the Stuarts and Campbells didn't get on. So it's like this is a doomed love affair, particularly when they find out that Olivia Campbell's father was in charge of the troops that killed Ian's brother at Culloden. And so it's all about collaboration. It's quite interesting about honour and collaboration and why people collaborate. Sometimes they do it for noble reasons. But so they're really great set of novels. I totally recommend them uh, by a, a female writer, D.K. Broster. And then the second one is Rob Roy by Sir Walter Scott. And Sir Walter Scott is kind of credited with inventing what foreigners think of Scotland, like that short bread tin image of the Highlander in the, in, you know, in the, in the, looking in beautiful scenery. He also invented a tartan, clan tartan, never existed before. That was his idea. And it's made a fortune. Oh, really? Yeah. It's all been, it was all made up. <laughs> Basically, obviously people in the same areas would have similar tartans because you had the same dyes. Right. Okay. But it, but it wasn't, there was no such really thing as a clan tartan. That was just, he invented that. It's, and it's made a load of money for Scotland ever since. But um, it's a great novel. It's a bit of a misnomer because Rob Roy, um, it takes ages for him to appear and even longer to get into Scotland, even longer to get into the Highlands. In fact, the main character is a guy called Frank Osbaldistone. You can see that's, that really... Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. But what's brilliant is this female character called Diana Vernon. I think she's the most interesting character in the novel. She's like a proto-feminist. She's bold. She's frank. She's keenly inter intelligent. And... You kind of think through her, Scott's having a go at the limitations that are placed on women. She's one of the most fascinating female characters in Victorian literature. Rob Roy himself 
he comes across as basically he's a bit of a crook, but you've got to remember, like, for, for over 170 years, if you were called McGregor, that was a hanging offence. It was actually a criminal offence to be called McGregor in Scotland. My PE teacher was called Mr McGregor. Oh, well, luckily not a couple of hundred years ago. So it's really interesting because the, the Highlanders aren't really portrayed in a very positive light, actually. Uh, but what's also interesting is you have this relationship between Frank and Diana, Protestant and Catholic, which at the time was quite... I mean, even my dad in 1950s Scotland, that would have been... It was referred to as a mixed marriage. That would have been quite a big deal. It's still pretty sectarian, isn't it, if you go to Glasgow? Yeah, so it was quite a call for tolerance. Kidnapped, obviously, by Robert Louis Stevenson, which I've mentioned before. Fantastic book, just get it. And as we were talking about John Buchan the other week, he did a book called Midwinter, which starts off brilliantly, and then it kind of gets a bit clunky. Because the character Alistair is a spy for the Jacobites, and he keeps telling everybody he's a spy, which I'm, I've never been a spy, but I think that's probably a bit of a mistake. But if you were a spy, Maureen, that is exactly what you'd do. Hello, my name's Maureen and I'm a spy. <laughs> and then he's met, he's got this really important information for Bonnie Prince Charlie, kind of gets sidetracked. Again, that's probably something I would do. And the traitor is really obvious and he doesn't notice. I mean, the traitor could have, I am a traitor on his forehead and he still wouldn't notice. So yeah, so some, if you want to find some Jacobite literature, uh, Jacobites in literature, I should say, there's some choices. Well, Maureen, I think there'll be a rush, <laughs> won't there, to local libraries and bookshops to... Look, I, I actually, no, no, no. I have very much enjoyed learning about um, that period of history uh, in in Scotland and in England because it's not taught in school. It's not, well, it's not taught in England, no. Yeah, no, it's taught in Scotland, but it's not taught in English schools, which is, that's where I went. I was in England. I don't know if you can tell by my accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and it's quite, it's quite and, and all those books, you get aspects of that life because, you know, Tartan was banned. Um, you weren't allowed to carry weapons, bagpipes were banned and, and the whole clan system was, was basically decimated. So, yeah, it's an interesting period. Probably not to live through, but it's an interesting period in, in literature. Well, Maureen, thank you very much. And for those of you that would like to see it in a visual sense, do watch Outlander on Amazon Prime, one of Maureen's favourite shows. If, if you want to see Sam Hewen's bottom, I think, what episode is that? Episode seven. Episode seven. Thank you very much, Maureen. <laughs> um, She's only watched it 48 times. <laughs> uh, who'd want to be a Kardashian? That just seems grim. Can we stand by that, everyone? <laughs> We've still got one more section to go. What? What could possibly get your goat? Oh, God. Well, I mean, as we know, almost everything. But <laughs> at the moment, the thing that's getting my goat is journalists. Yet again, you are annoying with your stupid, annoying things that you say in newspapers. I tell you the thing that's annoying me at the moment is when people are going away on holiday and are referring to it as a staycation. <laughs> okay? It's not a fucking staycation. It's a holiday. If you are leaving your house to go somewhere else, it's just, this is the most middle fucking class thing I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, you... Sadly, we can't go to Greece, but we are going to the West, the Highlands in Scotland. It's a staycation. It's not a staycation. It's a fucking holiday. I'm sorry it's not the holiday you wanted in the south of France or in Italy. It's in Scotland. And it's still a fucking holiday. You're having to leave your house to go to Scotland. And there it is. There is where you will be for the duration of your holiday. A staycation. I tell you what. I tell you what a staycation is. It's when you're in your house. You do not leave your house unless you go on a day trips from your house. You're staying at home. 
You're having a staycation. If you leave your house, it's a holiday. A holiday. I'm sorry it's not a holiday abroad, but guess what? In the 70s, 60s, 70s and 80s, that was what a fucking holiday was. No one was calling it a staycation. No one was going, oh, we're nipping off to Devon for the week. Oh, on a staycation. No, you prick. It's a holiday. It is a fucking holiday. So, middle class dicks, stop referring to it as a staycation. It's a holiday. It's really, really winding me up. Anyway, that's what's getting my goat. (laughs) I'm going to Cornwall. Guess what? That's a holiday because I don't live in Cornwall. I live in Brighton. So going to Cornwall for four and a half hours or five hour drive, by the time I get there, I'll be like, I don't live here. This must be what they call a holiday. Okay? It's not a staycation. Staycation, I'd be at home. I'm having a staycation at the moment, actually, because my. I was just going to say, you are just about to begin your staycation. Thank God. You're going to have a staycation. I'm having a staycation right now. You had a holiday and now you're going to have a staycation. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Alison. I've had a holiday, if you can call it that, and now I'm having a staycation. Now you fucking need a staycation, is what you need after the holiday. Yeah, baby. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? This letter is staying and she's cationing. Cationing. I don't know. I don't know. That's not even a word. Well, Thank you very much, ladies. I've very much enjoyed this episode. Um, I don't know what the rest of you are doing, but I'm going to enjoy silence in my house. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can sing words, right? We discussed this last time. Sound of silence. Of silence. Women talking bollocks. Thanks so much for listening. Please do continue to like and subscribe on our Acast page, wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And we're also on Patreon now, so we're going to be sharing extra content and we'd love you to join us there. Join us. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.